Hello, welcome to some Derps Talk About Movies. I'm your co-host, Mango. And I am your co-host, Buddy. And today we're going to talk a little bit about the Assassin's Creed and Warcraft movies, but before we do that, Buddy, why don't you tell the folks at home what it is we do on this podcast? Well, typically we talk about games, and sometimes we come in and we talk about movies, and I guess today we are pouring them both in, the cauldron, mixing them up, seeing what comes out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's been a big gear for video game movies, actually. There are two more that are not on this list, the Angry Birds movie, and... Uh, oh, God. Ratchet and Clank, uh, which I actually am a little bit sad I never went to go uh, see, because Ratchet and Clank, low-key, is like a really important game franchise to me. Uh, you forgot about Kingsglaive, the most important I did forget movie. about Kingsglaive. My company made that movie. <laughs> uh, My company sponsored a trip for me to go see that movie if I wanted, and I was like, eh, no thanks. <laughs> I did, of course, watch that movie, um, and I thought it was uh, okay. Is Kingsglaive better than Warcraft and Assassin's Creed? Which of, which of those Oof. three gets the top spot? <laughs> so, I th so, so, so we'll get into this a little bit later. Are we going to talk about Assassin's Creed or Warcraft first? That's a good question. I don't know. Which one do you want to talk first? Um, I have a feeling we're going to fight. Yeah, I okay. like those movies a lot. Okay, so I think that Assassin's Creed is the clear loser um, in, in, in those three. Um I think Warcraft and Kingsglaive is a little bit iffy. Um, I also don't think either of them are great. Um, and uh, for, for reasons I'll get into later, I think with Warcraft, it's... With, with Warcraft, I think Warcraft trades a lot on, on like, the audience knowing a lot, of what's go a lot of what's happening going into it already. Like, I think Warcraft is a significantly better movie if you are a Warcraft player. Um, and I think... Kingsglaive is a better movie from kind of like uh, an agnostic standpoint because it, it, it you don't really get a lot more from having played the game too much because the, the events of the movie are kind of like the driving force behind what's happening in Final Fantasy 15, but they're kind of only lightly touched upon, um, at least um, initially. And so you can go into that without knowing about the game and, and still be fine. And so... Um, I think I think it's kind of a toss up there as to which of them. I don't I don't think either of them are particularly good, but I think that they are, um, they they are enjoyable. Um, but I think Assassin's Creed straight garbage. Fair, wow, geez, fair enough, I suppose. Uh, yeah, I don't know that there's any like real winners here. Uh, Warcraft is kind of like a worse. It's actually kind of like a better Suicide Squad is kind of where it, like, it really is on the line to me between, like, good or bad, right? Like, it's a very mixed movie, deeply, deeply flawed. But I also think that it has, uh, it has a lot that you can really go hard for it. Uh, yeah. You know, like, if somebody wants to sit down and tell me, right, if somebody wants to sit down and tell me that Warcraft uh, is their favorite movie of the year, I'd buy that, right? I'd buy yeah. that. i get in there. Assassin's Creed, that's a little bit harder uh if someone told me it, warcraft was their favorite movie of the year and they said and i can't wait to play the video games to find out all the other lore i'd be like wait you like that movie without playing the games and maybe i'd have a problem then but i like um but assassin's creed i don't know i think assassin's creed is is, is too too far gone um although i do i think of the three movies i actually think assassin's creed might have had the best acting like, I think the people played the roles well in Assassin's Creed. We should jump into one of these movies. I think, we, should, we should pick okay, one Okay, yeah, you're right. Let's, let's just go with Assassin's okay. Creed. Okay. Because I actually want to go to... I So I actually like Assassin's Creed a lot, and I think it's actually pretty good. 
Uh, I've gone back and forth on Assassin's Creed a lot since seeing it, to be honest. Like, I liked it a lot coming out of the theater. I thought about it, and then it got a lot worse because I was like, wow, these characters are pretty flat, and that ending was bad. But then I kind of, like, went back on myself a little bit because, uh, I don't know. I, like, man, I really, really liked going and watching Assassin's Creed. Uh, and I, uh, I really, I, you know, I feel bad for Assassin's Creed. I want to give Assassin's Creed some kind of, like, critical charity. <laughs> I, I don't feel bad for it. It's, it's, it's... So, um, it, I think the biggest thing in my mind is Assassin's Creed suffered a lot of what kind of, like, Jupiter Ascending suffered from, which is they tried to stuff two movies into a one uh, in, into one movie. And I think that if they had a little more time to develop either plotline... Um, by the way, spoilers for all of these movies. That's you know, a good point. Yeah, yeah. um... Uh, like if they had, if they had put a little bit more time into developing, like the the outside world, I think I think I could have the 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 um the ancient Arabic world could have gotten by. Um, but I think that there was just like some really criminal underdevelopment in in the uh, in the real world, quote unquote, that really held the movie back severely, and that's that's a lot of the reason why I really didn't like the movie. I felt that a lot of the kind of like the big character moments felt really unearned. And I think that was because they didn't give enough time to set up the character enough time to transition. Cause the movie was kind of frenetic because it, it, it had a two hour runtime and it, I felt like it didn't have enough time, man. See, I think what you're describing, and this is kind of what makes me like feel bad about Assassin's Creed. It feels to me like what you're describing is kind of like it's. I don't think it's not the. I, like I don't think it's that the movie is bad necessarily. It feels more to me like the kind of like. Okay, so the guy who made this movie is like an art house film director, right? Um, and I think he made this movie like an art, you know, like he made it like he made his Macbeth movie with Marion Cotillard and uh, uh, Michael Fassbender, which I also like that movie a lot, but it's also worse than this um, for, uh, you know, kind of other uh, reasons or whatever. Um, but I guess something that I was impressed with when it came to Assassin's Creed, uh, especially as like a fan of the games, is that one of the things that I thought seeing like the commercials and everything and like trailers, right, is I actually thought that they were jettisoning a lot of the Assassin's Creed lore, right, and just kind of being inspired by rather than like uh, like a direct kind of through line from um and so i was very impressed in the first five minutes with that movie that opening i actually thought was really good um the cutting off the finger uh the actual assassin's creed right like nothing is true everything is permitted that's that is the assassin's creed right, and they right. said this thing in the trailer it's like oh work in the shadow and i get why they you know because nothing is true everything is permitted only really makes sense in the context of uh, you know, the apple of Eden can redefine reality and, 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 you know, and it's all about like the kind of, uh, the, uh, you know, shifting loyalties kind of film noir plot or whatever of these, of these movies, but, or sorry, of these games. Um, but I was really impressed how much they like went, they, you know, he refers to the guy as mentor, which is like the, the name of what you call the guy who runs an assassin cell. Right. Um, and I just, I love that, that there was that attention to detail. Uh, yeah. No, when no. It came to when it came to the lore. I think that one thing that these movies both did right was um, essentially, 
appropriate amounts of fan service. Uh, so when I went to see Assassin's Creed, I went and saw it with uh, with with another friend of the podcast, Zhao. He he was on our Captain America episode, I believe. Sure, um, we should have had him on this episode, yeah. but whatever. Um, but uh, he, but it, we were the only ones in the audience. So while while we the movie was going, we were looking up things about the games because I, I watched my brother play the first two games like in most of their entirety, but I wasn't super sure on some of the details. Um, and I think I think that you, you know like the like having the Assassin's Creed in there was really cool. But I also think that they, like, the move, like, if you didn't know what the Assassin's Creed was, it seemed to be tied to, you know, like, 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 my life for the apple or whatever, whatever that line was, it sounded really stupid. It's like, like, everything, like, because it was so centered on the actual artifact of the apple as opposed to, like, being, like, tied to the ideals like the other parts of the Creed, creed are, it sounded really stupid to me. Like... Uh, I think I'm pretty sure the Creed directly references the Apple of Eden, which I don't know. Uh, it didn't didn't work for me. I don't think. Uh, yeah, I mean, I you know I liked I so the other thing I liked about this movie, uh, I loved the action in the movie, and I oh, loved I the was... the flash. I thought the flashback sequences were basically perfect. You, you mean they... the, the you mean the the flash to 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 er, the the Arabic sequences or whatever they were? Yeah, that, to, to yeah to to uh, medieval Spain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like oh, this, and this is a bit this is a bit of where you know I think the art housiness comes into it I mean you see it a lot in the cinematography there's like these establishing shots are all of these like super long CGI shots they're great I love them I thought they were amazing um, where you follow an eagle right you know the eagle motif is there the eagle motif is obviously big in the Assassin's Creed games because those are how you unlock these viewpoints uh, you know the special vision that Assassin's Creed that Assassins get is called eagle vision right uh, the little hood the little like flange on the top of the hood that like defining thing is actually supposed to be a beak um so you know i i loved all of that kind of stuff i think that you know using that as kind of a visual metaphor worked really well uh but it wasn't it didn't it i like those scenes really didn't hold your hand right um and i i like that and i got into that because you kind of had to like work for it almost but it it is very different than the kind of like super thorough super methodical explanations that go into like modern blockbuster filmmaking see i i, I thought that a lot of the the like the actual plot in those scenes was was fairly easy to follow but I thought the action was sub well, like the action was mediocre at best. It didn't impress me at all. It didn't, it didn't seem like particularly excellently choreographed or anything. It just it just seemed kind of standard to me, and so it didn't draw me in at that point. And I thought the establishing shots were really cool, but both t I, the two or three times it happened, it really threw me off because they do the thing where they zoom in on Michael Fassbender's face and they zoom into this long establishing shot, but it like not because it's necessarily a problem, but I'm like, is this what he's supposed to be seeing? Like, it just felt weird that like, well, if he, if he's coming in like this, like he's, he's zooming in from the eagle eye view into the person that, that seems, I don't know. It just felt really weird to me to, to drive it the way they did. Like, I think you could have like booted up the machine and not zoomed in on his face. It would have felt less awkward and, um, uh, like establishing the shot, then zooming in through his face, which I don't know. It, it, it caught me every time as as kind of like, a, what are we supposed to be reading out of this? Because um, you know, it, it's not like there's some sort of. It just kind of like 
you know, it, it's treated like a flashback, which is fine. But I, I just thought that that the 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 actual connection between um, between Michael Fassbender's character and uh, I forgive me, I can't remember the name of the the assassin's character. Um, just yeah, I can't really remember her name either. But I loved her. I thought she was great. Which well, there were there were her. I'm, I'm sorry, the other uh, you you're talking about his assassin partner. No, 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 I'm I'm saying sorry. Was Michael Fassbender the actor in the in in the past in the Spain scenes as well? Yeah. yeah. Okay, but the, the I did not read the connection between his two characters very well. Um, I th- like yeah. I, I okay. Um, I thought I thought that that was actually well done. Like in those establishing thoughts, I thought it was really well done when he was actually like when they pulled out. And they were doing the fighting the animus. I actually thought that was probably the coolest thing in the movie was the scenes where he's jumping around in the animus. I, um, I also thought that that really weirded me out when I first saw it. But I, you know, I get it now. Yeah. There's a lot of this movie. There's, you know, I think a part of this for me is that there's a lot of stuff that I looked at it and I was like, what are they doing? You know what I mean? Um, like the the out of the, the like the weird kind of uh, spine machine animus was just such a weird thing, but I totally bought it yeah. uh, in the context of the movie itself. Uh, I also, you know, I, I also think, um, well, so to ju- just to like say my piece about the action, uh, I think the parkour came across really well. I think the best action scene is the chase, right? The two of them escape from the burning. And then there, and then there's the, the chase through, I think they're in Seville. Um, but I, really could be wrong about that i I, you know it's just like some random uh spanish city uh but i was so on board for just every moment of that i thought but like even the other stuff i thought was great i thought the wagon chase was great um i thought the uh i thought the end uh the problem with the end bit was that the lighting was bad the lighting was poor uh like it was very naturalistic are you talking just about the fighting in the end the, the yeah the very final fight with the black knight okay, okay, inside okay. of the inside of like the temple or whatever like like i i think this guy uh yeah, i think his name is Justin Kurtzel or whatever um he is a slavish right he has this slavish devotion to kind of realism when it comes to this medieval stuff right he is uh really clearly not willing to cut these corners um and to a certain extent i appreciate that right i think it gives him a really clear style and aesthetic uh and everything like that but it also has some unfortunate side effects sometimes um for instance uh like the sound design was bad to awful just awful at times uh where things were just like weirdly loud or weirdly quiet it really i was just kind of like what the fuck are you doing um and uh and the lighting in that in that last bit right like everything else was open air and so you can just get away with it being super bright and clear uh you kind of get to have like marvel cinematic universe lighting where everything is just lit by these giant floodlights and there's no shadows anywhere um but it was in that it was in that like church fight or whatever when they're after the um they're going after the kid uh and he's fighting the black knight where it's just kind of like well this is really muddy and i'm lost yeah um but even then, um, in the sewers right after that, I thought that whole thing was great. And the lighting actually worked in their favor then because they had this thing with the torches and it was very, uh, yeah. I don't know. I no, I'll, it. I, 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 th- I think the sewers scene was was, was all right. I, um, so, so I think my biggest problem with a lot of these things was kind of like every time something happened, like th- th- there was a lot of things that like caught me and kind of pulled me out of it and left me reeling for a couple seconds trying to figure out like 
why that character would do that or something like that. And that, that kind of detracted from like whatever was happening on screen at the moment as well. Um, uh, you know, like, like for, for instance, in, in that final scene where they're, or, or that, that final fight scene where he's fighting with the black Knight, like uh, the, the, I'm not sure if it's supposed to be like the Pope or a Cardinal, but when he, um, when the, uh, when, when the assassin woman is killed, he throws that person away instead of, killing him and that didn't i was like why like it just it just didn't make any sense to me and so for the, the first couple seconds of that fight scene was me being like what and then and then you know getting into the, in, into that fight scene um which was obviously a, a set piece to be a set piece but it, it just i don't know it's i thought like i feel like a lot of this movie could have been passable but a lot of like the character moments were, were so bad that it that it that it really destroyed the movie for me yeah i i mean i guess i don't know know that i really hold that i do think that's a weakness um one of the things that so i i think another uh like i think another thing that uh that sells me on assassin's creed is how this is another one of those movies that's like ambition i mean warcraft is also this way by the way where it's ambition kind of outpaces its reach and so i and so like my i give it points for that right i give it points for shooting and ultimately missing because it takes the shot Whereas other movies play it safe, and I find playing like executing on playing it safe is just less interesting. See, any I don't day think this movie was this movie wasn't that ambitious. I don't think it really tried to do anything that interesting. I think I mean I think the action was ambitious, and I also think the the kind of low like like I think this movie is really really not built for like modern day movie watching audiences, right? The kind of audiences that like make cinema sins who point out these just like inane plot holes and nitpicky like the the term nitpicky bullshit only exists because like the movie going culture we in ex- we exist in today demands like 1000% logical kind of fidelity. Right, and if anything doesn't make sense, there's a red letter media video waiting to rip it apart for some, you know, for some minor plot contrivance, right? Um, and uh, see, I don't think I these think... are minor plot contrivances, though. First of all, that, that that doesn't explain like what's ambitious about this movie. I think this movie was trying to be a very, very safe movie and just failed at it on face. And I think the ambition. So I think the ambition was in all of this. Like, let's, you know, th- this is the first time. In really any assass- I I haven't played all the way through Assassin's Creed Rogue, which is kind of like the poster child for this. But this is the first time where they gave the Templars like a real like motivating philosophy that you can. That's not just nah, ha, ha, I'm gonna be snidely whiplash and be evil, right? Um, and and I I think it get you know gets credit for that one. Uh, but in, that, that's uh, that's not ambition in a movie that's ambition for a like a so we, we've talked about this before but i think we give games a pass on like generally poor writing because they're games like i think like the villains having a justification is like a very basic thing that you have in a movie like i don't think that that's ambitious i think that's just par for the course like i, I think if you have a par for the course so there's a difference between like an actual philosophy that I could sit here and kind of like argue, right? Because like that, you know, that, that's that's kind of what's going on, right? The the 
whatever her name is, Marion Cotillard's character, is essentially saying, you know, aggression and violence, these are terrible things, right? What if we could remove those from people? You know, is the, is like, is the cost to free will worth that, right? Uh, that's a real, that's a real argument you can have with someone, Except right? You and I could sit here and have that, and have that philosophical argument. I don't know that they were particularly very good about it, right? It was a little bit heavy-handed and nuanced, and I think they kind of fucked it up in the end, uh, but... But that's, that, that's, like, that's not even the Templar's motivation. That's her motivation. That's, like, what causes, like, the main conflict between her character and her father, is the yeah. Templars are our snidely whiplash. They're like, <laughs> we can finally get rid of those dastardly assassins and control the world nah. um, sure but she's a templar character and she's putting that i mean her motivation translates to templar motivation right no this it is, doesn't she, the templar yes, organization's does. motivation is not that that's her motivation right but the templar point of view that gets explained in this movie is it, explained that's through only her she only she holds that point of view the rest of the templar organization does not that's like kind of like the whole thing behind her weird kind of heel face turn at the end um that she all that she immediately face heel turns back again I, I, yeah I, I mean that first of all uh, see I actually really so part of this is um the whole movie everyone's whispering which I actually kind of liked I got I was like eh, you know whatever um but it made at the very end I couldn't even hear what she said. I was like, what the fuck is she saying? Because everything was being whispered and they were just like throwing the game to maximum on their mics. It was so odd. It was so weird. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I mean, that you know, that's the, tra you know, this is the, I get it though. This is the intended tragedy of the movie, right? He has to get the apple out of their hands, but in order to do so, he is driving her fuller into the arms of the snidely whiplash version of the Templars, right? They can't, the, she and him can't ha can't talk about this stuff anymore, right? They're no longer, you know, they like they are no longer allies in whatever way they were allies. She was clearly advocating for him, right? You know, Jeremy Irons is like, ah, let's just kill him, and she's like, no, 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 dude, we can't fucking kill this guy. That's wrong, right? I don't know. I I appreciated that stuff. See, I don't I, like. I don't know. I, I didn't read that. Like, I like. I don't think they were ever really conspirators right like the, it just never got to that point like i don't know it it, it 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 this is part of why i say like everything felt undeserved like they have a short conversation about like the apple and you know michael fassbender decides that you know oh, i'll go get the apple for them right and that 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 i could buy in so far as like it's it's driven by like you know his disdain for his father and his desire to to you know not be like whatever and to to try and do that but then he he fucking turns after that episode which felt totally undeserved to me i like like him him turning to get the apple back didn't make any sense to me and then her not calling out when she saw him in the in the uh in the auditorium also didn't make any sense to me because it's very clear what he's about to go and do right like like none, none of this reads together to me. Like like all, all of this just feels kind of like well the plot in order for the plot to work, this all has to happen this way. Like like Yeah, I mean I think that whole ending is garbage. I'm with you one hundred percent. Every I I, I I I just don't know what they did. I uh, I have no idea how they looked at that ending and they were like, Yeah, nah. sure. 
and, and I'm sure you're going to call some of this nitpicky bullshit, but there's just a bunch of little things that, like, stuck out at me. Like, I felt like Michael, like, the modern Michael Fassbender, Cal's character, didn't, like, they, like, you know, the only thing they give to his crime is, like, he murdered a pimp, but that's, like, all they give you. I felt like they needed, like, another, like, sentence or two just to kind of, like, really solidify that, like, either, like, I guess maybe they were going for, like, a kind of, like, like, uh, what's like, like maybe it's supposed to be ambiguous whether or not he should have been killed or not, but like it, it was like it was very much like it felt like well he was a pimp was supposed to justify his entire like it was supposed to justify him killing, um the the person that put him in 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 the uh in 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 the chair, um and that didn't feel good to me um and then just like stupid stupid little things that like you're 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 gonna hate me for this but when. It's when, when they figure out it's Chris, Christopher Columbus has it and they're like, where's his remains? And it's buried in a cathedral like it's buried in the Catholic Church and no one knew where it was like they could have just said it was under our noses this whole time and I would have been fine with it. But they didn't say that. They're just like it, 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 uh, that is pretty nitpicky. But, that you that know, like uh, it was it is related to the ending. So I give you a pass. <laughs> and then and then like. The, the father's holding up the, the apple of Eden at the end and it like starts glowing and it's like, all right, what's it like? It, it, they just kind of like, here's the MacGuffin and now the MacGuffin sparkles and like, and then, then he dies and everybody runs away. It's, it's, ugh, I, don't, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you know, you're right. I really don't want to defend, I don't want to defend any of that. Right. I think, you know, the other thing that worked to me, uh, for me, is I really got this vibe, and I really got into it almost, like, in the theater I got this vibe of, like, kind of like those cheesy 70s kung fu movies. Because um, it's really structured a lot like that. It feels like we're, like, it's like there are two completely separate movies, almost. But, like, like... But it, it, and, it, and I want to say, like, they're mushed together, but that implies that it's something bad because it's not like that, right? Like, I actually really liked these, like, really discernible chunks of, like, we are transitioning into an action set piece, right? Rejigger your, right, like, recalibrate your expectations for this is an action set piece right so to, to to like make a timely example rogue one does the opposite of this right rogue one blends the action into the plot because it makes plot and character moments happen inside of the set pieces right and th th this is the kind of phenomenon of the, of the very end of rogue one being this like progressive stage of you know you got to turn on the thing you got to do like the, these are adding plot beats to to give the final set piece structure for the audience because they are used to dealing with story structure in this way right but the structure of assassin's creed says we are going to come to, it is going to come to a full stop here right and we are going to pause and we are going to load up a VCR of this other stuff. And the stuff is awesome, all right? But just be aware that, the you know, the plot's really not going to move all that much forward here, right? Um, and that, you know, that's a needle to thread. It's not a big needle to thread. It's it's 
actually pretty easy to do this i think in practice which is why there's so many of these giant you know the, so so many of these kung fu movies that do do this um but i think it's something you know the, 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 i like i said this is something that doesn't happen a lot right it was very refreshing i guess um especially as a guy who's gone to see basically every big you know action blockbuster uh of of the year like this is a very different one and i just almost kind of want to give it those difference points right uh for for just kind of being out there i don't know maybe i felt like you could have fixed a lot of this movie with a couple more scenes better explaining character movies you're setting characters up like like I like I thought the assass the other assassins were neat, but I thought they weren't justified enough. I think I didn't. Yeah, I, yep, I agree with that. Well, I, I I I liked them, and so they justified their place in the movie to me just by being kind of interesting other people. Uh, and you know, you need some of these kinds of tertiary characters. I actually liked their whole bit of breaking out of the facility. I thought was actually pretty cool. I like seeing like these different fighting styles. Like you know, the 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 setup and the payoff there is that they're all kind of from different time periods. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. And so I like this Chinese lady who's doing traditional Chinese. You know, this French guy who is doing his uh, his like rapier sword fighting. All of that really worked for me. I didn't care. You know, I don't care about these. It, it, you need to just throw endless mooks at the, at them in order to get like that, that kind of awesomeness, right? But as soon as they left, that's when the ending was like just nosedived into awful, just garbage territory for me. Yeah, I, I, I like the like the the death of the the, the younger guy, the younger non assassin, or the, the younger assassin rather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I felt like they like that was telegraphed to be like a big impactful moment, but it didn't have any because. Yep. I didn't. I don't know what that was. Yeah, I don't know who he. I didn't know who he was. I didn't feel anything for him. Like okay. At first, I thought it was just to establish stakes, but it wasn't. So, anyway, I don't know. That was weird. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's Assassin's Creed. Yeah. I like it. I don't. Um. <laughs> so, how did you feel about Warcraft? <laughs> um, so, I thought Warcraft was bad, but in a fun like. Not even bad, but in a fun way, right? Like, because that's like Mortal Kombat to me. I can watch Mortal Kombat over and over, but that's because Wait, Mortal <laughs> that's because Mortal Kombat's like fun bad. Like this movie sure. is 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 enjoyable, but flawed is is the way I'll put it. But I think a lot of that, a lot of the reason I'm willing to give it that is because I think it trades really heavily on, like I said before, on me knowing a lot about this world already. Um, like, I think that if I didn't already know the basic plot of what was going to happen going into this, I would have been much less of a fan of it. Like, I think if I had come in, in, into this as kind of like a third, like, you know, like Joe moviegoer, this movie wouldn't have worked for me. How do I feel about that? Well, you know, I, I mean, I don't know that I have a great kind of, like, window into that. I, I get the sense that knowing the Warcraft lore is a huge help to that movie. But I think the things that the movie does right, it kind of does right in an agnostic, like, fundamental way. Um, like, something that, you, you know, something that you'll see uh, when people talk about, like, you know, like, random, like, film critics or whatever. Um, basically, universally praised is the orc stuff, right? Everything, you know, all the, the orcs look great. They are great. Durotan is by far the most interesting uh, character. Um, and the story structure around the orcs 
is really interesting. Uh, this is another. This is another one that gets a lot of points for me for kind of like bucking uh, standard blockbuster forma formula, and and it gets those points because it adheres to the video game, right? Where. At, yeah, at the end of Act 2, Durotan dies, right? Yeah. The main character dies. That was, I, you know, and look, I will always go to bat for a movie that wants to kill its characters, right? Like, I love that in uh, in this kind of stuff. And it's like my biggest pet peeve is when, you know, they kind of, sh when movies are gun shy, right? Like, yeah, it's why I complained about it for 15 minutes on our Civil War podcast. But, um, uh, that you know, the, the, that kind of story structure is what made the orc stuff. You know, it's that it's the characters, right? There's actually a couple of deleted scenes that I just hate are not in there. Um, where Grom Hellscream shows up and he's green, you know, he's green. Grom Hellscream in lore is the first person to have drunk the uh, uh, to to have drank the demon blood, and I it kills me that that scene was not in the movie because it's like it's like a minute and a half, it's like two minutes, right? But it's just kind of where um. Uh, it's where Orgrim and Durotan kind of orient themselves more in the context of the overall horde, right? You understand Orgrim's motivation, right? And his kind of hesitance at all of this, like the kind of conflict that gets revealed a little bit clumsily later, right? I was sold on that conflict, but it was also, it felt kind of out of the blue. And it's super clear that it's because they left this scene on the cutting room floor kind of thing. Well, of um, Orgrim's deception at, at the meeting? Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. the the yeah the part where Orgrim betray you know yeah. the, where, where Orgrim goes back and forth on Durotan right like you get that because Orgrim sees this right you know he, like and I don't think the movie does an amazing job of setting this up uh, but where you know Orgrim looks at this and he's like we have to we have no other choice right it is horrific and it's horrible right but it is the only way forward kind of thing and I think that 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 comes through eventually right it, and i kind of get on board with that but i think man it's 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 shaky yeah it, there's it, kind of like bits missing about that it, it's kind of justified in retrospect like it, the, the scene where yeah yeah yes that's the great way to put it which is obviously not great because it feels weird in the moment um but yeah i don't know i i also like uh, this this is kind of off, off the top of my head but um i thought the dwarves looked terrible like I guess I'm I just. I thought the dwarves looked fine. I, I actually like both the dwarves and the elves, to be honest. I thought the elves were fine. I guess I'm so used to like Lord of the Rings style dwarves. I just thought they were they were too, too CG for me. Like they were too like, we okay, yeah. weird looking. I I would have preferred them just to have been like Lord of style dwarves. Um, but uh, I don't know. Um, but, but that, that, that's that's relatively minor. So um, I think it's important for that stuff to have been addressed. Sure. Um, is because I don't think you want to make Warcraft as just like Lord of the Rings liked. In fact, I you know it's it's funny. I actually think Warcraft would have benefited from like Lord of the Rings trust. Like if you had just given Peter Jackson this property, but he like shot like this like this script, uh, which if you know the production of the movie, Duncan Jones really had to like fight hard. In the original like versions of this, the orcs were just definitively the bad guys. Um, the alliance were definitively the good guys kind of things. Uh, and Duncan Jones, who's a WoW player himself, was like, no, listen, this is missing the point. We really have to kind of tell it from both sides. Uh, and I'm really glad that he did fight for yeah. that. But like if you had given his like the Duncan Jones script to a guy like Peter Jackson and trusted Peter Jackson 
right? To kind of say, you know what? You make your three-hour epic out of this, right? Take as much time as you need. I think this movie would have been fantastic. I think I right? can agree with because that. Because it really needed – I think it really needed uh, a lot of room to breathe in order to get people uh, – in order to get people kind of on board with the mythology and everything like that, right? Like, I think I think there's a couple of – you know, there's a couple of key pieces missing in the movie, right? Like, I think you need a really big showcase of – Draenor not being hospitable, right? Like, what is happening to Draenor that is forcing the orcs to leave like this? Uh, that needs to be better explained. And I think if you if you do, like, there's the kind of, like, five-minute thing that they do in Lord of the Rings with Sauron coming out and Isildur cuts his hand off, right? Like, that's really iconic, but it's also, it's moving, you know, that that is fourth-gear plot engine driving uh, uh, driving everything forward, and I think that kind of stuff is important. I think the human stuff. I think the human stuff is. Um, it really sucks because I love Anduin Lothar. Like as a WoW player, Anduin Lothar is one of my favorite characters. Uh, but I thought Travis Flimmel didn't do a very good job with him. Uh, so uh, I don't. So I actually wanted to talk to this specifically because um, this is a symptom sure. I've seen in a couple of movies. I think that the the, the writing for him suffered from uh, what I call Liu Kang syndrome. Which is uh, Liu Kang from from the Mortal Kombat movie, where like um, they try and do a super serious character with comic relief elements, but the character is too serious for the comic relief, like like for the flat comic relief and the way it does. So it comes across as very kind of um, uh, like 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 this this fork and kind of like 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 bizarre rather than being like I think they they want something like 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 a Han Solo. But what they get is like you know like like a Luke Skywalker like a half Luke Skywalker half C three PO to use Star Wars terms, like yeah and you know and to be honest it doesn't really feel all that fake. See what I actually think the um, see what I think that the and maybe this is just me being like a little bit kind of like weirdly like selfishly motivated. But what I think uh, they want from an Anduin Lothar character is to have like. A super, you know, like, I think Anduin Lothar and Lane Rin uh, want to be uh, kind of like, like, Anduin Lothar is grim and he's pessimistic, right? And he's a hard ass. And King Lane is a nice guy, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's, he is a knight in shining armor. He's upstanding, right? And I think you want to use Cadgar as the comic relief in that situation. Yes, absolutely. Right? Like, he is, he is being saddled with this dumb idiot kid, right? The um, shit wizard. And I think, and I think they that would have that would have really sold me. But this kind of like Anduin Lothar gets really drunk after his son dies, and it's supposed to be funny. And I was just like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Right? Yeah. Like, what a weird choice. Uh, though I, I also think Garona. I think Garona. Garona works for me as a character in like the 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 story of the plot. If maybe she like was supposed to be animated. I don't know. There was something like her prosthetic was terrible. I thought her actress was not great. Um, and, you know, and the kind of thing, like the, the kind of tragedy that goes into, right, like she's an, she's an oppressed half-orc. She's been an oppressed half-orc for her whole life. Um, and, uh, and then she kind of has to kill Lane in order to, uh, you know, like that, that, that like, would have worked so much better for me if she just like wasn't 
like what like i don't know miscasting i don't know if it's the makeup i don't know if it's the casting it just just really didn't work for me that particular moment her her killing like you know like the the only way for this to work is for you to kill me that really worked for me and i like i thought that was i think that's one place where the movie got it much better than the game um like i i think that 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 kind of explanation for garona killing Mm -hmm. the king is 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 a much better one than Gul'dan mind control, which is kind of like I feel like a yeah yeah. A, a, I mean, I agree with that too. I think the ending. I think the ending uh, should have killed, destroyed Stormwind. The ending in the game, they they, you know, the ending of the game is like hardcore, right? Uh, because you know it's like a StarCraft thing where you play one side, then you play the other side. Yeah. You play the humans first, and like there's that kind of midpoint battle where you push them back to the dark portal. But then after that, um, there is. Uh, uh, after that, the orcs push all the way to Stormwind, and they sack the city. Right, Stormwind gets raised to the ground, and I think that 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 pulling that punch was wrong. Uh, I think that they should have ended on that same kind of note, um, because it, first of all, it's a better sequel hook. Because now you have, oh my God, we need to evacuate the city as kind of like the denouement, and you have uh, Anduin, Lothar, uh, Cadgar, everybody setting sail in Stormwind Harbor uh, to go north to Lordaeron. Um, as the end, as the end of the movie, and kind of looking at, like, the destroyed city and saying, like, well, we'll be back kind of thing. Uh, I think that that just is, like, the better ending. But Killing Lane, awesome. Super down for it. I loved the Mark Gurah thing uh, with Anduin Lothar. I thought the fight itself was not great. Um, but I loved that it, you know, the... the one of the things that really works for the orcs is, like, the cheating aspect with Gul'dan, yeah. you know, and how, like, they are just like, oh, you fucking piece of shit, um, and everything like that. I thought all, I thought all that stuff was great. Um, yeah. Um. Yeah. I also loved how ridiculous... My favorite thing, I think, about Warcraft in total is just how balls to the wall they went with kind of, like, the effects in the high fantasy, right? Oh, yeah. Um, like so, you know, th- this is part of what makes Lord of the Rings, uh, you know, like the, like p- part of what separates it from Lord of the Rings because Lord of the Rings is pretty low fantasy, right? Like the wizards' duel is just kind of like Saruman and Gan- and Gandalf, uh, kind of like trading invisible punches, right? Um, but uh, but it, like it's like yeah, you know, oh fucking Medivh is gonna like push Gadgar up against this bookshelf. It's like, you know, crazy runes flying in yeah, the yeah, air. Yeah, there, yeah. You can see this like billowing force effect. I love that yeah. stuff. No, it was, because it was War- great. Warcraft is really, really high fantasy. It's probably the most like just crazy high fantasy thing that's ever been brought to screen. And so committing to that was really important to me. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, that being said though, I like to, to, to kind of bring it back to bring it back down to earth a little bit. I think that Medivh's character wasn't very, like, wasn't very well motivated. Like, you get the sense that they're trying to go for kind of like a, you know, pride comes before the fall type storyline. But then it kind of gets explained away as he can't remember what he did. I don't know. I I, I thought that all of his motivations weren't great. And I think all the interactions around him weren't great either, right? Like, Lothar doesn't really have a good reason to not trust Cadgar after like like he has a reason to be mad at him when his son dies but he doesn't have a reason to not trust him right like at that point Cadgar not Cadgar Medivh um uh Lothar doesn't have a reason to not trust Medivh um he has a reason to dislike him because of his son's death but 
Um, the only person who knows that he shouldn't be trusting Medivh is is Cadgar. Um, and so that scene really rung like weird to me as like him being like, you 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 piece of you untrustworthy piece of shit. It's like, what are you talking about? Like, in fact, if anything, that scene justified him not bringing down the force field because he knocked himself out. Like, yeah, I don't know. It, it, I felt like everything around Medivh was 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 a little bit iffy. Um, just little things too, like um the the like uh. He does this thing twice where he, they're with Cadgar and they teleport to Stormwind and Cadgar kind of like, or, uh, or Medivh drops his staff and Cadgar catches it and kind of looks at it like, oh, what the fuck? And then like five minutes later, they teleport to the middle of the forest and like the same thing happens and Cadgar has the same reaction. I feel like they meant to cut one of those out and only use one of them, but like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it just, it was, it's just like, that's one of those things that just kind of like stuck out at me. It's like, what? Why, why, why do you do this? Yeah, uh, uh, you know, so I thought the human stuff wasn't great in general, uh, mostly because I thought the Anduin Lothar had those problems that we were talking about. Yeah. But I thought actually Cadgar was the most compelling of the humans. Yes, right? I thought Cadgar The was kind good. of, uh, the kind of, uh, like, I don't know, he, he had the most complex, he had the most complex character. Uh, there's some little stuff, right? Like, you know, it's, it's obvious that he's Garona's dad, right? Like, there's that, like, weird bit, but it was kind of just ambiguous yeah. but like weird enough that I was almost a little bit like huh but it really does work for me once I kind of just say you you meant to say that you were her dad right but like the fact that there's a question is a little bit bad I don't know I, I really like Cadgar's stuff I thought the whole stuff at the end with Cadgar like the fight between Anduin uh, and Cadgar just wasn't uh, I don't know Anduin and Medivh <sighs> And, sorry yeah and sorry not Cadgar jeez I yeah. took Cadgar the entire time yeah, Medivh we, we've both been doing this Medivh Medivh is a great character. He's he is compelling. He's oh, complex. Um, I, I I disagree. I, I think I think he's his motivations are all mixed up. Like, like again, like he I, I probably said this wrong because I was calling him Cadgar too. Um, but like like uh, the 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 pride comes before the fall thing. I think was what it was supposed to be, but then kind of like this 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 little turn to like I don't remember what I did, is kind of like. I don't know. Like th th that really, un that really cut it out from under me when like, you know, he's doing all these things that kind of like are trying, it seems to me are trying to telegraph that, you know, he's trying to like fix his fuck up, but then it's kind of like, Oh, I don't remember what I did. I must've invited them or something. It's like, what are you talking about? Like how is like that? That just felt like a, a bad, a bad moment that really killed the character for me. Uh, yeah, I'm, I guess I kind of get what you're saying. I don't know. It didn't really bother me all that much. I mean, the big thing with Medivh for me is kind of the, like, uh, it's like a little bit Faustian, uh, where it's like, you know, I thought I could, you know, I thought I could handle sure. it, right? Like, I thought I could do that. All of that, that whole tension is basically the best, uh, that the human stuff had to offer, right? Uh, even with the orcs, it was a lot you know, like Blackhand is like a better character than most of the human characters, um, but uh, but but Cadgar was kind of the only human character that like really sold me. I think the big problem with Cadgar, by the way, is that like in the games, Cadgar, um, Cadgar, Lane, sorry, fuck, Medivh, fuck. <sighs> okay, Medivh, Medivh, Lane, and Anduin are all friends. 
uh, like they're all really like they're like old friends and uh, and so like Anduin and so Anduin is like the reason Anduin gets suspicious of Cadgar uh, in in the game is he's like why is Cad Cadgar is acting really weird right like he's my buddy I get him uh, but Medivh is just not shit I said Cadgar didn't I whatever but Medivh is just asking really fucking weird and I don't you know and I, and I don't get it kind of thing but I'm just gonna roll with it and then. Ah fuck! I shouldn't have trusted him, right? Like he's the person who kind of, uh, who kind of did all of this. Um, I think that was missing, but to me, that's a little bit more on Anduin than it is on Medivh. Uh, yeah. So. See, I, I also thought Ben Foster kind of got like the torture of of the right. He's kind of the only like I think Dominic. Shit! What the fuck is his name? Whatever his name is, uh, King Lane. I think Anduin. I think. Uh, you know, I think, um, I think Garona, uh, just any of the human characters, Cadgar himself, Cadgar was okay. The I see, I, I, time. I really liked Cadgar himself. I, I didn't like Medivh, but I did like, I did like Cadgar a lot. I thought that he was really okay. compelling. Um, I don't know. Although, in another kind of like Liu Kang moment, this isn't Cadgar, but when he goes to Dalaran, and like they open, and the cube opens up, and the High Mage is like, oh, it's never done that before. I thought that was like, out of place i don't know there's little things like that I, I think this movie tried to put in too many jokes in a lot of places on characters that it didn't belong they didn't belong on like i think they belong on on uh on cadgar and i think that you know like kind of like the 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 brute humor belongs on on like the orcs and on and on garona in a lot of places but i think like the more jokey jokes don't belong on the places that they put them like on on uh on anduin and on um on, on a couple other random various characters that I, that were supposed to be a little bit more serious. Yeah. Yeah. I loved, I mean, you know, I loved the, like the bro stuff between Orgrit like that, you know, honestly that one scene, they released it before the movie. And I think it was really smart for them to do this. Uh, that one scene where they're just kind of like hanging out on top of a hill. Right. That was such a great God. That was so good. Yeah. Um, like if the whole movie, had been that high caliber like stuff because it's so much stuff right you know it's exposition but it's also character stuff but it's also you know like I, oh god it's just so good right like the, i can't help but look at that and just be like this is good writing you know what i mean um and i think that there's some other moments that are that like worked like um uh the the lightning field meaning that you know, like and black or and 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 when watching his son die, that stuff all worked for me. It was the aftermath that I thought was dumb. Um, yeah, I, I I thought it worked. So I thought it worked okay, but I thought that was another moment where it was trading on game knowledge. Like I don't think we got enough of Anduin's son as a character to really feel that moment as hard as you as you should have if you didn't already know like this was kind of coming. Um. Oh really? Yeah. See, I actually forgot about that, but uh, like from like, uh, uh, you know, like a game perspective. But into uh, maybe know. I'm wrong, man. I, I I mean, it was also I you know so I to a certain extent I think it's cheap um, because it is uh, it's like cheap pathos. Yeah, to a it's extent. trading on the father-son like, relationship. Here's here's my son. I have a son, everyone. I love my son, everyone. Kind of thing, only to set him up to be killed later. Um, but just the way it played out kind of saved the kind of uh, 
you know, like it is so clearly a plot moment, but like, or it's, it's, it's so clearly like, it's so clearly a thing that the movie is setting up for itself, but it just didn't bug me because the moment was, was good. Um, there's really something to, you know, like the lightning field and I don't, you know, like that kind of stuff. It's in a weird way. It's kind of like hard to manufacture. Um, I don't know. I also thought I, you know, I also just like want to plug, this is kind of the theme of everything Warcraft, but the thing I really want to plug is the, uh, uh, like the kind of tragedy of it all, right? Like, you know, Durotan wants to make peace with the humans and they come so close, but like the kind of mutual distrust and like the inability of, and like the inability of them to get over that is what dooms it essentially right and like the whole thing kind of spirals out of control from like that point and so like the war is terrible the war is tragic thing is something that works really well for me um and it, it, you have to have it in this movie right you can't make this movie uh without it because right like in lord of the rings right like there is no sauron doesn't have a side sauron is just like a force of nature right right, right. and and the interesting part about lord of the rings is sauron is a force of nature and the stakes are through the fucking stratosphere right how do these nuanced characters deal with that um and that you know the, the, like that's that's how that's how lord of the rings kind of makes it work uh, but uh, uh, Warcraft, you can't rely on that same thing, right? You can't make these guys, you know, Gul'dan is not a force of nature villain. He is, uh, you know, he's a villain with very real and obvious, uh, you know, motivations kind of thing. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, and, 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 and the motivations of, like, Gul'dan's very slightly whiplash, but the motivations of the Horde are, are, are understandable. Um, yeah, Gul'dan, so Gul'dan is very slightly whiplash, but, like, you know, I, I, to a certain extent, I think this is, like, I guess unfair because I know the character outside and maybe I'm kind of extrapolating. Um, but I think that that's actually, like, appropriate to a certain extent, right? Like, like I think if the power, like, if the fell magic, if, like, the power of fell magic wasn't so obvious, maybe, but, like, the kind of just, I, it just makes a lot of sense to me that there's a guy who is like, I don't give a fuck. My goal is power. Right. right. And I will do, I will pay any price for that. Right. And that is a very, you know, evil for evil. You know, he doesn't have any, there's no sympathy to this guy. Right. Like there's no, uh, like backstory that forgives him for his asshole or it's just like, but like, no, when you're dealing with a cosmic force that you can just do that much with, uh, I don't know. I thought that, uh, that, that was fine. And that worked for me. Yeah. No, no. Uh, yes, I, I, I agree. Um, I, I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying he was, you know, he was, he, his, his side of the story is in the tragedy. It's kind of like the, the kind of whole necessity of everything. That's, that's the tragedy. Um, yeah. But anyway, I liked Warcraft a lot. Uh, Warcraft is kind of, yeah, Warcraft really sits in that Batman versus Superman category, like flawed. And I love the, and, you know, I love that it took its chances and I love that it shot, you know, uh, it tried um, and you know, it fucks up and it, and it has some mistakes and the pacing isn't great and all these other things, but God damn it. You know, I just, I like, I, I just want to see, I just want to see movies. I want to see movies. Try. I like yeah. seeing movies. No, I, I, I think I can agree with that. I think I'd put that kind of, I put it in the same kind of boat as in, in a weird way, same way as Batman V Superman, right? Like not as bad as people said it was not great, but like 
if you're a fi- if you're a fan of the genre, if you're a Warcraft fan, I think I think this is this is this is an absolute recommend. If you're not, I think you can pass it, and I think I think you actually again I think you should pass on it actually if you're not a Warcraft fan. Um, but I think I think it's good in that kind of way, and I think that. This is a kind of a good place for for Blizzard to you know people have been rumoring that maybe Blizzard's gonna just do this themselves at some point soon. I think this is a good kind of like starting point for that. I would so the first war I you know so I love the story of the first war, but the second war is where things get like intense. There's a lot of uh, I actually think it would be better as a TV show. Not that this would ever happen, but holy shit, would I love it if they turned Warcraft into a fucking television show, a Netflix uh, series or something? Yeah. Yeah, right. Like, oh, like you you can make a like it's so Game of Thronesy. Um and and like my end goal here is to get to Warcraft 3 because I think Arthas is the best character in Warcraft. Well, I think Varian Rin is a, well. Varian Rin takes longer. It's less efficient to do like a like Varian Rin, but like if you're going to make a movie out of something, if you're going to make a TV show out of something, make it about Arthas. Yeah. He is so good what a great character um and uh and any any you know if they can get me to that point if they can get to that point uh i will just be the happiest fucking camper uh, uh, i also think it'd be good because like i think that um something that i'm not gonna say has held the games back but there, there's a lot of intricacies that happen when you like you know when, when you're live writing a story like like you know wow has been for the past 12 years um, and there's a lot of things that kind of like you have to like reverse justify things and and like you know treat your baggage properly. And I think these movies are a very good opportunity to kind of rewrite it because it's not the same timeline. You know, it's not the same canon, right? Like like you know like like we said with the Garona, the the Garona justification for killing Lane, right? I think yeah, yeah that yeah. was a wonderful thing they did. And I think they could do similar things, kind of like pushing along like. Um, the the Arthur story, well, cutting maybe some of the weirder parts out of it, right? Like part, like some of the stuff that's in there because you know the, the the structure of Warcraft three and Frozen Throne as games demanded that you have like you know these these kind of things happen in a certain way. You can kind of cut a little bit of a, bit of it away and, and make it work a little bit better. I think. Um, I you know I actually think that if you were to approach it like a like a like a short form TV show like Westworld or Game of Thrones, um, it is almost directly one to one in a lot of ways, right? Like you can just go episode by episode with like the human based Arthas story, right? And then flip it, and now you're uh, now you are. Arthas fighting for the Scourge, right? And then, you know, you flip it to Thrall, right? And then you flip it to Illidan, and you kind of get that anthology feel. Uh, I think that would work wonders. Uh, any television executives that are listening to this, pick up the rights, do it, please. <laughs> um, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I God, I love... I, I really love a lot of this stuff that happens in Warcraft 3. And I think that a lot of that stuff could really use, like, the room to breathe, right? Like... Arthas's fall in Warcraft 3 happens relatively quickly, right? By the very end, uh, by the, the, you know, the very uh, end of the human campaign, the human campaign ends with him coming back, killing his father, and, unle- and like, re-unleashing the plague in Lordaeron, essentially. Uh, because the first campaign is human, the second campaign is undead, and in the second campaign you're following Arthas. Um, but, uh, 
Yeah, I don't know, man. Just I, I love, I love that. I think all that stuff works. I think the stuff with him and Jaina works. I think the the interaction between him and Uther, right? Uh, uh, Stratholm, uh, all like, like, could you imagine like what seeing Stratholm, uh, the coloring of Stratholm? Man, that would be such a brutal episode of like a Warcraft TV show, right? Sure. Uh, um, the, the things I'm talking about are like you can cut a little bit of the fat around, like, like the, the thing that always pops into my mind is kind of like. Like the the weird little kind of fillery missions that are like him with um, well, what's the dwarf's name? Um, Muradin. Yeah, him with Muradin, Muradin in the north, right? Like you can trim a lot of the fat around that and really like get straight into that point without this like weird dilly dallying around like doing things back yeah, and yeah. forth because you know you need four missions in the campaign instead of two. Um, and I, I think that'd be very valuable. Uh, and and you can you can remix things a little bit to keep it fresh for for people. Um, keep it understandable and, 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 you know, take, take away some of the elements that are kind of demanded by the fact that it's a game. Um, I, th I think it could work very well. I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I guess those are, uh, I guess those are the last movies for us. Well, well this from, from 2016, right? Yeah. Shit. Well, we'll, we we'll finally, we've caught up. <laughs> we'll have to do uh Kingsclave and, and the brotherhood anime at some point. It's... Oh yeah. We had talked about that. Yeah. We had talked about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, how was your week? Uh, my week was, you know, my week was fine. Uh, what have I been doing? I've been playing. Wow. I've been playing all these Blizzard games like, wow. Here's the storm. Uh, StarCraft 2, I finally got to play the StarCraft 2 multiplayer. I finally beat the, actually, uh, I went back and I played the epilogue to StarCraft uh, uh, Legacy of the Void, which I had never done. And the epilogue is awesome. It was actually, it really made, it kind of, it brought everything together, um, all three all three campaigns. It's three missions, but you play one mission as, um, you know, your final Protoss build. You play one mission as your final Terran build, and you play one mission as your final because you know you're making all these different choices through the campaigns, um, where you know you're leveling up different abilities and getting different upgrades, and so there's like a lot of kind of customization to what goes into like this is how I deal with my army, right? I take tech reactors instead of taking whatever else kind of thing, right? Um, uh, and then you do one mission as uh, as uh, as the Zerg. Um, and, you know, just big, big bad guys. You, you fight Amon. He, you know, he dies. Uh, they wrap up basically every character uh, in StarCraft. Uh, gets like a really neat, in a bow, packaged ending. If they're going to do anything else with StarCraft in the future, it's pretty clear that they're not going to be using, you know, Kerrigan and Raynor. Uh, maybe maybe I could see like Artanis and uh, please God bring back Alarak. But, um but yeah, I was super happy, uh, and that is, uh, I don't know, that's it. What's, what's, what's been fresh and wow I haven't been playing in a while? What has been fresh and wow? I don't know, I've just mostly been, uh, what have I been doing in a while? I've been leveling characters. I've been leveling Corthon, my, my rogue, and Crane, my paladin. Um, just daily stuff. I, I finally got around to doing more... Uh, Suramar stuff. I'm like this close from Suram Suramar Eritin. Uh, good Samaritan. Good, yeah, good Suramar Eritin, but I haven't actually gotten there yet. Um, I liked, I liked that whole quest line. Did you do that quest line where you become like the Jarl? I, I thought that quest line. Was oh yeah, really yeah, yeah, yeah. Fun. 
Yeah, it was, it was, it felt felt like a little bit out of nowhere, just kind of like. And then there's this night elf zone, or this this you know whatever they're called, Sindori zone. Maybe that's what. What are the name of the the the, the, the elves? The, the Shaldurai. Shaldurai. The yeah, the Nightfallen. There is this whole Nightfallen zone, but there are some you know some Vikings over here. Go deal with the go play with the Vikings for a little while. It feels very out of place for the for the rest of the zone, but it's fine. Hey, I, you know it does a little bit, but uh, you know there's those Naga there. I'm glad. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was I a fun know. story. I thought it was a fun storyline. It just seemed like a weird weird to be in in Suramar. Um, uh, yeah. Um, on the other hand, I've been playing, uh, lots of little games. I played all of Hyperlight Drifter. That game is great. Um, if you haven't played it, um, it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, you're, you're I don't want to say typical, but it's, it is a very good high bit indie game. It's got some cool challenges to it. It's 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 just challenging enough and just has enough secrets to really to really uh, uh, keep me motivated. It was a really fun game to play through. Um, I'd recommend it to anyone. It's 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 like a it's neat because it's, it's it's like this. It captures. There's a couple games I played this year that have captured kind of like the the sword and gun trope really well, like the the, the samurai with like a, a pistol type of bit. Right. Um. And I thought I thought both like. Like Fury is a very different game, but it's the same type of trope. I thought this game captured it really well. Like your 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 uh, sword strikes feel very fluid, um, and then and the, the the challenge of the game based around kind of like dodging out of the way and getting off your shots and hitting things with your sword all all, all felt really good to me and felt like it all all fit together very well to me, um, and so I, I have to give it a, a, a tremendous thumbs up for. Uh, uh, for for really capturing, um, especially, it it does a bit of uh, like uh, there's a whole world that it builds, and it does a lot with completely silent storytelling. Um, I thought it was uh, I, I thought it was just excellent. Um, so Hyperlight Drifter, five out of five stars from Mango. Um, I've also been playing a bunch of N plus, which is uh, or N plus plus rather which is a platformer, a super tough platformer. Um, it's got like a couple thousand levels plus like custom levels. So it's 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 just kind of like the thing I really crave when it comes to like super tough, super satisfying um, execution-based platformers. Um, the game has been around for like... So the, the, the original version of the game, Endgame, came out when we were in like high school. Um, and so this is kind of like the final iteration of it. And it's, it's, it's beautiful if you like, you know... If if you like hyper uh, hi, hyper skill based platformers, check it out. Um, but uh, are you a big fan? Are you a big fan of like Meat Boy? Like, um, I I never played all the way through Meat Boy because my computer at the time, um, like the saw blade levels would cause it to like drop like a billion frames, um, which I, I know sounds weird, but that that's that's what happened, um, uh. But uh, I'm a big fan of Meat Boy, big fan of, like, Money Seas, um, all, all those kind of, like, uh, super tough platformy games. Um, the only big game I've been playing is, is Grim Dawn, which is a Diablo-like, and that game is... Have I talked about this game before? No, you haven't. I, by the way, have I talked about Mankind Divided outside of 
the derpies last week. I don't like think I, you did. Like, I gave it a derpy, because I've also been playing that. I should talk about that. But anyway, yeah, uh, tell me about Grim Dawn, because I actually don't, don't know much about Grim Dawn. So Grim Dawn's, like, another game that's kind of slipped into this, like, Diablo 3 isn't Diablo 2 enough, so we're, we're, we're doing this a more Diablo 2-style Diablo. Um, it is very similar to uh, um, kind of, like, any 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 of the, the games in this in this genre, but it's, it's really well executed. You've got um you've got a class, and you can pick a second one at some point. Um, and then you've got a lot of like you've got you get the skill kind of the skill point kind of builds. Um, and it kind of does a hybrid. You know, back in um, you know, back in the day, Diablo two had um, uh, you put points. You you got to control your stats entirely, and then you put um points into skills. The way it works in this game is that your class kind of has like a baseline skill that you put points into, which controls the level of skills from that class that you can access. It also gives you some baseline stats with it. And then you also get a point per level to give you like eight points in a particular stat. So I think it's a really compelling hybrid. Um, the other big thing is that like, there's like an absurd amount of uh, extra customization beyond like your two classes worth of skills that you could invest points in. There's also like this kind of universal system that has, um, it's like a constellation that you fill in points on for picking up in-world objectives. Um, and they have various effects on them all. Like a bunch of the more interesting items have weapons or have skills attached to them, not like passive effects. Like you get to pull a skill off of them. Um, and so it's, it's really cool. Um, it's also, the, the world's pretty cool. It's, um, uh, it's, it's a little bit like further ahead in time. Like it's, there are crossbows with the main range weapons are, are different types of like guns. And so I really dig that aesthetic. Um, um, but it's got your standard kind of like sword, sword and board pistols, rifles, um, uh, different types of weapons. I, I think it's all really a lot of, um, a, a lot of neatness. Um, it's just kind of like that thing where like the, you need, I need to, play a little bit more to kind of get to the levels where the things really start getting interesting. I think one of the things that is maybe to the game's detriment is from what I've been reading online is a lot of the builds seem to revolve around having, um, like there's a lot of skills that modify your auto attack. And apparently a lot of the higher caliber builds are just auto attack builds. So that's kind of not as great. Um, but I think that does an effective job at keeping down the number of skills you feel like you need to have on your bar. Uh, which is which is actually something I think that Diablo 3 did very well is kind of like making it about your build rather than about um uh rather than about like uh y you know pot potentially having access to everything and trying to fit it all in um but uh are you ready for my unpopular opinion I think Diablo 3 is better than Diablo 2 um I think I I, I think that that's I don't think that that's a wrong opinion I just think that it's it's kind of like saying that like I don't know that like jelly beans are better than peanut butter sandwiches. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, okay. Maybe I, th maybe I see that. I think Diablo three gets a lot of flack. And I think it deserves this flack from it's like shitty time, uh, back in the day, uh, with, uh, um, so I, 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 uh, what's this stupid thing called? The, the basic Diablo three before, it, before Reaper but, of yeah, Souls. The, the base. Yeah. Right. Right. Before Reaper of Souls, Diablo was, Bad. Awful. Yeah. I well, well, it wasn't awful, but like it was bad. Um, and there's still things, that, you know. For instance, I think Diablo shouldn't have elective mode. I think elective mode is just fundamentally kind of like wrong. Um, no, I, I think elective mode is, is really what like gives that that game the the versatility to kind of 
to 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 breathe. Like I, I think it's a little bit too restrictive with elective with elective mode off. I, I like I see what you're saying, but I think that I think that like you want a little bit more than the base Diablo three gives you. You know, maybe I'll agree with that. I think if so, the 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 main thing about elective mode uh, is that it makes each of those. It actually kind of makes each of those slots. Uh, the, the the relationship between them weird, right? Like, I think the choice of here are category A, B, C, and D, and you have five choices that are mutually exclusive in each of them, right? That system to me feels better. Um, but like when you don't have enough choices inside each category, that kind of gets bad, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, which is uh, which is kind of the problem, right? This is actually a lot of what you know. What Wow's talents are a little bit like this, right? You know, you get all of these different talent categories. There's no elective mode in WoW where I can take Bladestorm, Ravager, and, you know, three, three. I, I have to take one of three in this row kind of thing. And I think if maybe you had, if you had more abilities on, like, in each category for Diablo, uh, you could really pull that off uh, and make, like, that, that, that is probably, like, maximum potential for that, uh, for that system. But, yeah, in general, I don't like how elective mode, um, is just kind of like, well, combine the X best, you know, like, like make like the, the, the best summation of different, uh, uh yeah. of different talents. And, uh, I don't know. I, I could say, I, you know, I, 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 I really didn't like it at first. Like I refused, uh, to, uh, I refused to do it, but, um, after playing Reaper of Souls, uh, like doing seasons stuff, uh, I came around to it a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I think that, like, I think there's a happy medium. I think you need some more skills. I think also, like, having something like a, a slot that's just, like, a free one that you can pull from any of your slots. I, I think you get... Yeah, like, that would be a great version of this. I, I think there's you get to these, this weird point where, like, I think what you want to do is encourage diversity of build, and I think full freedom kind of, in a weird way, causes that to, like, like kind of everything converges towards, like, the, the mathematically best build, where they think with a little bit of restriction yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yep, yep. And, and some freedoms, you, you get, like, a little bit more diversity of build. Um, but just kind of get back to your original point, I think that Diablo 3's biggest crime in comparison to Diablo 2 is that it's not, like, fans of that game wanted another Diablo, like, like a better Diablo 2, and they didn't get it. And not necessarily... That Blizzard's wrong for making a different game, but I understand people who were disappointed by that, and I think that things like Torchlight 2 and Grim Dawn have filled that void rather nicely for the people who want that. Uh, do I agree with that? Yes, I'm. I am on board. I'm on board with that. With that kind of whole thought process. Uh, it's also one of those things where you know, even though uh, like you know, Blizzard games are pretty huge in my you know life and my gaming experience or whatever. Diablo was never one of them. Uh, I've played Diablo plenty of times, uh, but like, and I think this might have this might be coloring my kind of perspective a bit. I've never played Diablo except in a group of people who have played tons and tons of Diablo. Right. And so, you know, we all sit down. For, I, I used to do this all the time in high school. Like we would all sit down for a land session and, you know, sometimes we're playing Warcraft 3 custom maps or Starcraft custom maps or whatever. Uh, but sometimes we just sit down and play Diablo all night. But because the three other people knew everything. Right. They, they had these, you know, like they had everything mapped out. They, you know, they knew what loot was what, and you know, all, all this other kind of stuff. And I kind of didn't. I can't help but 
I don't know. There's something about being uh, uh, left behind a little bit in that kind of ecosystem uh, that that is maybe coloring my perspective. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think that's something that Diablo a little, a little too negatively. I think it's something that Diablo three can also be guilty of. Um, flashbacks to like beginning of seasons where like like one part like like uh, like like Enoch's gotten ahead of everybody and he's just kind of like, oh, let's run some rifts and like just destroys everything. I, mean, I wanted to do something. I got a power farm. Um, like. I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I definitely get how that can be. Yeah. Uh, yep, I'm with you. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm always a little bit weird about those games because, like, I always want to be, like, I always want to be at the point where, like, I'm, I'm like, getting decent loot, like, in, like very quickly, but I also feel like that also really cuts down the, the, the lifespan of the game for me. Um, I don't know. I just, like loot games in a lot of ways and, and Diablo 3 really yeah, scratches that yeah. itch a little bit a little bit better to me than um than Grim Dawn has has been for for my little bit of playtesting but I think that's because I'm not at max or I'm not kind of like in that level range where like the the loot game gets really compelling because you kind of have to have those opener levels to kind of you know make the build worth like the, the build up worth it um if that makes sense what do I think? Um, uh, mm, uh, so, I think I could get to a point where, you know, like, like if WoW ever, like, went, like, really, really hardcore off the rails, um, maybe, like, I would think of that as being a better loot game. But in general, I just kind of feel like there's like a weirdly disposable nature. I mean, I, I think Diablo gets in this just because of seasons um, where like your character feels disposable and like, you know, something about that like irks me. Like the cycle of, okay, a new WoW expansion is coming out and all of the gear that you have is about to be useless doesn't bother me because it's a cycle that happens once every two years. And for those two, and like for the duration of those two years, the loot process is always up. Uh, but I guess just like something about the pace of the Diablo seasons or whatever. And like that kind of gnawing thing in the back of my mind of like, well, if I don't put tons and tons of time into this character now, uh, I'm not, you know, like, I don't know. I just, I, I just don't like, I understand how some people need you to like stop and rewind often in a big loot grinder like Diablo. Uh, but it's just not something that appeals to me as much. See, see that, that's kind of why I like, like it the way it is. Cause with seasons, I can kind of binge on it for a while. And then later I can kind of like tack, like track to like where the season is and kind of like, be like, Oh, well I'll hit, I'll hit this season and I'll be kind of around the same level as like people. Um, and I, I, I just, I think because the game kind of resets that way, the team's a little bit freer to kind of like fuck around with loot. Also because it's not like a, a super competitive game, right? Like I don't think it's as big a deal when, you know, class power is disparate in Diablo as it is in WoW. Like what WoW doesn't fulfill that same kind of like loot game need for me because all of the loot has to be some level of generic in order to keep classes from being too far apart power wise. Right? Like, um, it, it's kind of a little like like you get like the customization of your secondaries in WoW, but that's like really about it. It's not like you know like oh I'm going like a mighty smash barbarian by getting this set of artifacts right or this set of legendaries, um and I'm getting um like 
there's just not that diversity in WoW because the, the ecosystem demands that it be a little narrower than that. Yeah, yep. Although WoW is getting that a little was bit really with with the legendaries and the new legendaries in WoW. I, I think it's getting a little bit there, but it's it's also kind of like really hard to control what legendary you get, so it's a little bit less that. I don't know. Yeah, and it's not very effective to, like, try and form four legendaries. Yeah. Uh, whereas you can just kind of... Re- you know, like, I, I, I think, you know, I think Mythic Plus Keystones and everything have been great and all of that. Uh, and I think that, wow. Well, you know, it, it is interesting to me because I don't want WoW to become like Diablo, right? Like, I want La- WoW to have a loot paradigm that is a longer lifespan than Diablo's. Uh, because otherwise, I feel like it just kind of, Like, everything would just kind of feel consequential, right. in- inconsequential, and that sucks. Um, and they have taken just enough stuff from Diablo to make the loot paradigm like really interesting, right? Like Titan forging, right? And all this stuff. Um, but, um, they, Oh, excuse me. Um, uh, it's the type of game where like the math is going to always work its way out because that's the type of game it is. Like, I'm not saying that wow is worse because it kind of has a different loot paradigm. It just doesn't scratch the same itch that Diablo scratches for me. No, sure, sure, sure. I'm just saying that it's remarkable to me that WoW was able to steal all of these Diablo systems and not fall into the trap, uh, yeah. almost, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, 7.15 is coming out for WoW. I'm actually real excited. Brawler's Guild, lots of small stuff. Oof. Mr. Panberia, Time Walking, can't wait. Maybe I'll maybe uh, I'll come back. Um, have you just not been playing it? Oh, right, because you haven't been raiding with us. Yeah, I, I, I... Yeah, I mean, you know, night and then Nighthold is a week after that, so... That's yeah. when uh, I feel like we'll all get, you know, like really back into shape, sort of, so to speak. Yeah. Um, I might fall off. We'll see. Um, but it's been, it, it's Legion. I am happy with the amount I have gotten out of Legion if I get no more out of it. So um, fair enough. Um, um, yeah, but I've been playing. So I actually want to talk about this other thing first. So I've been playing these StarCraft II multiplayer missions with my friend Charles. And uh, I have to say that they are a little bit worse that I wanted them to be to a certain extent. But, we, you know, in these kind of co-op missions, you like, I almost kind of want to do a thing where, like, you know, uh, you... Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm not quite sure how to put this into words. But, like, it doesn't quite scratch the itch that I had for them. But it's still awesome and a whole lot of fun. Uh, because what you get is you get a commander, right? You get, you get like, a lore character, right? Like, you know, Raynor, Kerrigan, right? Artanis or whatever. Um, and uh, you get a an army, um, but it's like a, a truncated version of the army you would get like in the multiplayer or in the single player campaign. Um, so for instance, you can play as Swan, right? Like Rainer's mechanic buddy. And all he has are vehicles, right? He does vehicles and like robot units and everything like that. Right. Uh, whereas Rainer, like most of his units are infantry. He has all four of the infantry units and then a couple of other units just to kind of like fill everything out. Um, and so the, it, it, it's, cool in that like the different commanders have these different paradigms a little bit like champions and like league of legends or whatever um and then you plan these preset maps and the maps are cool because they are retreads of campaign missions that are interesting right so for instance uh maybe my favorite campaign mission is one where you have to like it's like a train heist mission where you have to destroy these dominion trains um as they move through the map and so uh 
that mission is such super fun because there are these trains that are spawning and you have a little bit amount of time and they're coming through the map and they have these escorts and the escorts get progressively harder and everything like that and then that's like that's a lot of fun that's that's really cool but then some missions can also be like tedious and shitty um and your commanders level up and they get better and they unlock more units and they up unlock certain upgrades right um and everything uh but it is a lot of fun uh i'm gonna play a bunch of it i might play it after we finish recording this podcast depending on if charles is uh uh charles is down um and i just i love starcraft too i really do it is one of uh you know it's like it's up there with like skyrim and like mass effect from like i feel it's a little bit of like a last gen game to a certain extent but it is just so (sighs) i just i love that game anyway that's my spiel. Did you want to talk about Mankind Divided at all? Yes, and then Mankind Divided. Um, so I think in the Derpies, I gave it its award for like, like almost like pathos, right? Um, where you're, uh, uh, they they do this thing where they make the, the enemies. Um, the, uh, this thing happens in some other games, right? So for instance, this happens in Mass Effect Two. This is largely one. This is like the big thing that makes Mass Effect Two like capital a art to me in a lot of ways um is like kind of contextualizing the bad guys that you're fighting uh same thing with uh spec ops the line uh, spec ops the line is actually the best example of this because it's used for such a powerful effect right like most of the people that you fight in that game are uh you know fully sympathetic humanized uh american soldiers that you have to that you kind of end up and you have to be killing um but uh you know mankind divided they do this great thing where they really really hammer home how the you know like what like the the these guards are and what they're thinking right you know the guards will be saying stuff to one another and it's not just like hmm i wonder where that bad guy that i saw two minutes ago and shot my friend says right but like things about the world right where it's like man it is bullshit how they treat us augs right or uh you know these AUG terrorists are pieces of shit. I, I hope the UN passes a revolu- resolution outlawing them or whatever. Um, and, and, and that kind of small-scale stuff is, I feel like, what this game really needs to deal with the kind of racism, prejudice, uh, prejudiced, systematic oppression themes that, it, that it's, like, working on and with. That, that, that kind of stuff comes through, you know, like Deus Ex, uh, Human Revolution deals a lot with the transhumanist aspect of it, of like, you know, you, you're, you have this argument, you have this philosophical argument with this guy uh, about whether or not uh, augments are, are just like bottom line a good thing, right? And you get these little vignettes and you get these little stories about, uh, about that as you kind of go along. But um, in Mankind Divided, it's less about you know, is it a good, is, you know, transhumanism a good thing, right? Like, are augments a good thing? And more about, like, there are a bunch of people who are augmented and and now we've kind of scapegoated them politically. But it's just, like, it's really hairy and it's really grainy and it's really nuanced and I just, I'm really behind all of that stuff. The very first mission, uh, the very second, I guess, actually, mission that's, like, its own kind of instanced zone uh, that you do adds a lot to really make this game just like really send it into the stratosphere i know there's a lot of people that don't like it and i don't know why because i've been avoiding seeing you know like i don't want to get spoiled or anything like that because i think the kind of twists and turns to these kind of film noir plots in deus ex games are important um but uh yeah i don't know i am uh i don't know 
Yeah, that sounds awesome. I, I haven't played it at all. It's, I, I don't know if I've gone on record on the cast, but I'm kind of waiting. I've gotten to the point in my gaming career where I, where I want games to be DLC complete um, for those kinds of games before I play them, so I will not be playing them for a little while. Um, that and uh, Dishonored 2 being the two ones in that category. Um, but yeah, that sounds awesome. I'm excited for that game to eventually be fully released before I uh, before I dig into it. Um Fair enough. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Too, uh, uh, We've also been playing a little bit of Heroes of the Storm. That game. Oh, yeah, we have been playing. Yeah, Varian Rin just got buffed. Oh, really? <laughs> it's funny because uh, he's a character that feels broken, but I don't quite know if that's just because I'm playing him and I'm winning games and we're kind of pub stomping in normals. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, I, I still don't care enough to, like, read patch notes. Um, and I'm very happy with it being there. I'm very happy just being like, oh, let's play a couple games of bullshit. And like, yeah, I, you know, to be honest, I really shouldn't be reading these patch notes. It like popped up on my like Reddit or maybe like my Twitter or something like that. And I was like, ooh, patch notes. Uh, but I really shouldn't. I really feel like I shouldn't because I'm so enjoying the kind of, uh, like the non-competitive, right? We're all getting, we're all getting around to playing kickball version uh of 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 how we like approach the game uh i don't know yeah i really enjoy that game i really enjoy that game yeah i <laughs> i'm really surprised how much i enjoy that game i think this is good too because it kind of like t- tapers back a lot of the like oh i don't want to play a game with this dude because he's not you know see you know he he plays too um he plays too st- you know, he doesn't play seriously enough for me to, like, really want to try and push for things in this game. Oh, who cares? Right? Like, yeah, this you can play retarded if you want because I don't care that much about the outcome of this game. I care enough to, to play hard, but not enough that, like, I'm going to get mad if you, you know. And it's also kind of like it's very hard to really pick a shit build, right? Like, you can go, like, a little bit of an off build, but you can't, like, you know, because you can't buy items, you can't buy, like, AP items on a tank or whatever, right? Like, you just have whatever limited set of talent selections are available. Um, so I really appreciate that. The kind of constrained fun. Yeah, fair enough, yeah. Um, but I don't know. It sucks because we, you know, we haven't been playing any uh, Rune Lords or Hell's Rebels. We're yeah. still a week out. Uh, like, we're, we're one more week down for Hell's Rebels, and then we're back up on the 18th Yes. for, uh, for book three. Yeah, no, I'm I'm I am pumped. Um, hopefully, every everything works out there. We were playing Rune Lords on Monday, right? Like that's that's the plan at least. Uh, you know, I guess so. Yeah, I think I think Mark's to the ninth. <laughs> yeah, so look forward to that, dear listeners. Um, if you want to tell us what you thought of the Warcraft and Assassin's Creed movies, or about any of the things we talked about in our week, you can email us at some games at gmail.com. You can watch the twitch.tv slash some nervous play games. You can like, comment, and do whatever you want on SoundCloud and iTunes and all that stuff. Send us feedback. Um, uh, and I think that's about it. Buddy, did you have anything else you wanted to pimp? I do not want to pimp anything else. All right. Well, until next time, then, dear listeners. Until next time, loyal listeners.